Welcome to Nintendvania, a fortnightly Nintendo gaming podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in again for episode number eight. This episode, we're talking about the Pokemon Presents, Advance Wars getting delayed again, F-Zero X coming onto Nintendo Switch Online, and five years of the Nintendo Switch. Can you believe it? And to help me navigate through this episode, I'm joined by a very special guest. He's the co-host of the South Australian Nintendo podcast, The House of Mario, which is backed by 120 Power Star Rating. Oof. A podcast that has recently cracked the top 10 video games. Is it for video games? Like top 10, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, we, awesome. we've done that. Yeah. It, it, like that was, that was just something crazy for us. We never thought we'd ever do it. But um, yeah, I, I guess we we for a long time a lot of a lot of hard work like that sort of pays off i guess um, yeah you've made it do i want do i 100 believe that we should be up there <laughs> i mean we're, we're just we're just kids doing our best so no um, no it's well deserved i've listened to you guys for a while thank you but when this guest isn't podcasting he's gaming streaming or bartending as i found out please help mm-hmm. me in welcoming bryce dewitt hello bryce how are you my friend I'm very well I was reading Very your Twitter well. profile and you're from that place Cozy Likes. And I, I had a yeah, good that laugh place at that. Cozy Likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, that's very cause... niche. I think not a lot of your viewers would know that. Well, that's because like uh, my, my uh... God, Jesus, what would you even call him at this point? Uh, I wouldn't call him my stepfather, but he's, he's the man my mother dates. Uh, Chuck's on South Aussie with Cozy and has like a bit of a watch or whatever. And I'd be like, ah, South yeah. Aussie with Cozy is on. I'm like, yeah, all right. And then I just like can't get it out of my head. So I'm just like, that place Cosy likes. I think that's like. pretty much is good. Yeah, 100%. That's a South Australian thing. Like- <laughs> that's it. South Australian. Yeah. I, I was on the bus because I, I work in the city in Adelaide. And so I was on mm. the bus going home once. And this bus driver is getting really frustrated with a car in front of him because the car doesn't seem to know where to go. And so it's kind of like, do I turn left here? Oh, no, 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 I'm going to keep going straight for a while. And the oh, bus driver is beeping his horn. He's sw- like nearly swearing. He's yelling. Like, get the hell out of the way, move it. And then the car finally does, and it's a South Aussie with Cozy car. Like, <laughs> Cozy's a local, and we're in bloody Curry Street, and he doesn't know where to turn. Like, what's going on? So I, I just had, had the biggest day. laugh. I'm just like, this is, that's, he's, the bus driver's just having a big, big go at Cozy here. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. So I, I had a good time. But thank you, Bryce, for coming on. What I no, tend to absolutely. do with guests when they do come onto the show is just sort of talk about their Nintendo gaming interests. So, so, so what got you into Nintendo and what's, what's your favorite game, your franchises that, that are your favorite out of the many they have? The first time I ever touched a, a Nintendo was a Super Nintendo. And I did that at uh, what is my father's best friend's house. Now, my father passed away a long time ago, but I always spent a lot of time there because he was my dad's best friend. Um, so I would play Super Mario All-Stars uh, nice. with his son. And uh, that, that is pretty much all we would do all the time is play Super Mario All-Stars. And then play, uh, what was it, The Empire Strikes Back, but fail at it ridiculously because that game is really difficult for, you know, four-year-olds to figure out. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, ever since then, like I'd, I'd played SNESs, NESs all the way up until I was about five, got my first Nintendo 64. And uh, ever since then, I've just, uh, I've always bought and played Nintendo. And that's what I've done. I, I suppose the one defining moment, which solidified my favorite gaming series of all time was when my grandfather bought me a glimmering golden cartridge off the shelf. 
and that that cartridge was obviously Ocarina of Time. Of course. Um, what else? And then, yeah, that's right. And then ever since then, man, uh, Zelda's been in my top favorites. Obviously, I've got a lot of uh, a lot of interest in whatever first party Nintendo there is. Mario, Pokemon. Uh, we got Xenoblade, uh, something I'm a huge fan of. And then we've also got stuff that's not Nintendo, like uh, Final Fantasy is a good one, uh, per example. And um, yeah, I guess just little tidbits that sort of go around. I played a lot of, I played, I've played a lot of multiplayer games, whether that be like uh, competitively, like um, like Call of Duty or League or stuff like that. Things that I would really get riled up about losing in. But yeah, basically, I'm I'm everywhere in the gaming space that I can be, and I love most, if not all, video games. It's a pretty wide breadth of uh, video games that you play there and you're into. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I I, I really don't. Um, I live it. Like I'm I'm definitely the type of person that would rather work and uh, like a nine to five and um, really invest in my hobby as opposed to you know, working that 50 hour week to sort of get the pay or something like that. Because I, I, I love gaming as a hobby. I love doing things centric around gaming, whether that be mm. streaming or podcasting or what have you. Content creation is really great. It's uh, really opened up um, a lot of opportunities for both myself and Drew, I could probably say as well. Um, we go to conventions like we go to avcon every year and report there we go to pax every year and report there obviously because of COVID 19 it's been a bit hard but a little bit of a break um, between yeah yeah that's right and i mean like uh drew does a much better better job at life work balancing as much as uh, as as much as uh i'd like to say that i'm decent at it but he like looking at him he's far better than i'll ever be uh in saying that though um i think he doesn't get as much time for games as probably I do, but he definitely has better organizational skills than I do, which is why it's good having a a, a host like Drew to run the podcast. And I just talk the garbage because I play all the video games. <laughs> you, you need that in a podcast view, I feel. You need one to be more uh, plan-centric and the other one you can just sort of go off a whim and talk about something for, for, for hours. As I found yeah, out your first right. episode of House of Mario went for three hours long, you were saying before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, it was all about Pokemon, and he was just tired after work. And I'm like, "Oh man, here we go." Send, uh, and then I ended up carrying the conversation. That is an episode that I don't think we even have a copy of anymore, and I don't think it'll ever be released. But it was very entertaining to listen okay. to. Okay, it's been, been taken it. off the webs, has it? Uh look, I don't even. I'm not even sure it ever got uploaded to the webs. And um, when we were experimenting with content creation, that was our next step because he was really big into podcasts, whereas yeah. I was sort of like. I didn't really think much about them back in the day. Um, not not to discount them as a media, obviously, but I just, you know, not owning an Apple device is also something that sort of like detracts from that because obviously mm. it's the biggest biggest podcast platform. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of just, um, I'm kind of like, all right, cool, let's try that. But like whenever we got to try, he it was just, yeah, it was just the wrong time. But uh, when we eventually found a balance, we struck a chord and we kept rolling from there. Yeah, it's awesome. It because like I think 216 episodes you've done, so you know, Ooh, yeah. that's about four or five years worth of uh, recording there. So getting onto mm-hmm. the podcast kind of journey early on, yeah. Uh, yeah. Before um, everybody experienced COVID nineteen, and it, you know, like there's there's definitely a lot more podcasts out there now, which is great. I like seeing the medium sort of flood with uh, you know people who really want to sort of get connected and talk with people because like being with what we've we've experienced through it uh is something that 
I will never see in my life again. Uh, we've mm. met so many amazing people. Uh, we've traveled to places and met those amazing people. Like after talking to them online for such a long time, it's gotten us heaps of opportunities uh, and yeah, it's something that uh, I'll never take for granted. We've we've gained a lot from podcasting, maybe not so much, you know, like monetarily or anything like that, but out of experiences and time and connections with people. And I think everybody should be able to experience that if they want to. So I'm, I'm glad to see that podcasting is starting to boom. Really yeah. am. No, that's a mm. pretty similar reasons for why I'm starting and sort of enjoying the journey and meeting people like yourself, Bryce, and everyone yeah. else um, I've had on the show so far. So it's been awesome. I, I, was, I was saying to you beforehand, to um, before we started recording that you and Drew share similar stories to me. You guys are based in regional South Australia and I, I grew up in regional SA too. And we uh, each had a friend who uh, loved Nintendo games. And so that's how our love sort of affair starts off with Nintendo. So it's just eerily similar. I sort of grew up thinking, with, like me and my friend, we're just the only ones like this in this country town. Everyone else talks about wool prices and uh, fodder and and the crop season, how that's going. So this was, so when I found your podcast for the first time, this was like like my mind was blown. Like you know, there was more out there. You know, I just uh, yeah. Like imagine if we had all lived in the same country town, I just would have you know that would have <laughs> we, we could have formed a gang or something. We could have like there could have been enough of us to make it cool. I don't know. I'm just my mind wanders even- now at this point. Even just for South Australians, man, like it, it is it is definitely a thing that you wouldn't expect much because like obviously all the video gaming stuff in this country, it's all Melbourne, Sydney way, mostly. Yeah. Um, that was before I think like Hollow Knight put Adelaide on the map and the indie, mm. indie like the indie scene really started to boom up there. Uh, we've got friends in game development up there now, which is uh, fantastic. Super good. Um, but we've yeah. also met people that do content creation and stuff like that, like... Uh, pointing people out like Eric and Nat who do Nintendo by numbers, maybe not so much anymore, but um, after a content creation journey themselves, which uh, we haven't talked to them in a while, but we hope to catch with, up with them next time. We can go to Adelaide and not worry about COVID, but they used to do a podcast called Nintendo by numbers and did a lot of YouTube work as well. And nice. um, yeah, we'd uh, love to sort of catch up with all the people that like doing that kind of thing while we're up there. Um, most people we know are Melbourne side, and you know Brisbane side so it'd be good to have these content creators that do live in Adelaide sort of like get together at Avcon one year and just like catch up and slowly start to see that sort of bridge out and form and then that way we've got more of a network down this way as well it'd be great 100% yeah I'm uh, I'm keen for Avcon to come back this year so um Mm -hmm. I'll be there and then and then PAX this year in Melbourne um I think we're looking to go as well my partner and I so um, never been to a PAX but really keen to go and give it a go you know I, I had never been to a PAX before I started doing content creation, man. And then uh, one year, Drew put us in for media passes. We got the media passes and we went and oh, nice. um, we uh, had a banger of a time. He'd, had, he'd already been two years prior um, and he really enjoyed it. And he's like, you're going to love it. He's like, you're going to think it's fucking amazing. And yeah, surely enough. But um, big, big thoughts here. Um, when you When you end up in Melbourne and you're doing packs just remember the most important piece of the entire journey is co-op is co-op drinks ah yes afterwards so right right next right next to the convention center there's two bars there's two bars and people end up at them uh post packs every night 
And it's a good time to catch up with people who are into content creation and uh, even sometimes people in the development scene. So, yeah, yeah it's a great place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the, the E3 for Australia kind of thing, the closest thing we're going to get, you know, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I can't yeah. even imagine like the grandiose scale the E3 actually is if I walk mm. through those doors. But like PAX in uh, Melbourne is definitely something to behold. It's uh, created a lot of good memories. Oh, awesome. No, I'm very keen to go. So what, October? So we've got a few months, um, plenty of time to save up mm -hmm. and, and get ready for it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, if you would like to support Nintendania, there are multiple ways you can do so. For monetary help, please check out our Patreon page. We've got multiple tiers with varying perks, uh, including exclusive Discord access, advertising, and opportunities to contribute questions and topics to upcoming shows. I've also introduced a new tier that gives you access to our Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack family account. That is a mouthful, which also gives you access to our Discord and show shout-out um, perks. So if you don't know, the Expansion Pack gives you access to the Sega Mega Drive, Nintendo 64, and the DLC to some top-tier Nintendo titles, including Animal Crossing and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe next week, which um, comes out with a booster course. So I'm really keen for that. So if you haven't got Nintendo Switch Online, do consider checking this out. It's a cheaper option than buying an individual membership. There's limited spots, so getting quick. We've also got a merch store on Redbubble where you can buy items with the nifty Nintendo Bania logo smacked on. I'm wearing one right now, as Bryce can attest to. Is that confirmed? Very clean. Oh, I love it. it. Yeah. Oh, thank I you. I love it. It's really nice. Yeah. As I said before, we've got a free Discord as well. So... Um, love to see that community continue to grow so please feel free to join all the links to what i've said before in the show notes however uh, i would also like to add if you really liked listening to what we've done so far i would encourage you to consider leaving a five-star rating on spotify apple music or whatever else we're listening to this we're continually looking to get our brand out there so any help you can give would be much appreciated so that's it for the plugs I, i'm done with that my uh, professional voice can die down now um Bryce, what have you been playing lately? Oh god. Um I've been throwing myself at a lot of the free content that's been coming out for Switch in the last couple of weeks whether it be uh the Kirby demo uh or Chocobo GP as well. Had a lot of fun with them. Uh what else have I done? I've done a lot of shiny hunting in Pokémon Legends Arceus which I'm sure we'll talk about later on in the yeah. show. It's uh, obviously a big contention point there where there's a lot of like uh, a lot of stuff to say about the game and just my usual and my usual is playing a lot of final fantasy 14 yeah that's your bread and butter yeah. isn't it final fantasy that is my 14. that is my bread and butter yeah it's yeah. like a really good so it's a really good social tool i use it for people even local like local to me uh talking to them so yeah definitely uh sort of been really investigated it's been a really investigatory past couple of weeks with kirby and chocobo gp uh mm. i think the, i think the kirby demo is fantastic it's good um, is it i really enjoyed it like it's it's mm, i would probably put it on somewhere of like the line of mario 3d world really in terms of, of um yeah. like a in how it plays yeah so like a 2d um, 3d linear course kind of thing that the yeah 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 and I mean, I don't think it's going to get, I don't think it's going to be hard. It's a Kirby game. They're not really meant to get hard or anything like that. But no. um, still, uh, yeah, it was still definitely a lot of fun. And I 
and I'm kind of keen for the full version, honestly. Like, uh, it's something that I expected to ignore at first, at least mm. for a little while. But playing it, I'm like, this is pretty solid, actually. So that nice. was a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, uh, ch- ch- sorry, sorry go ahead. The demo, like the progress you save in it, does it transfer to the main game when you do buy it? Um, I don't think it does, but it's also not a super long demo either. It's only yeah. like three levels. Okay. Um, so there's more to give you the feel rather than, I suppose, yeah. I suppose for me, I, I know I'm going to get it anyway. And so I didn't hear mm-hmm. that you could transfer the save data. So I thought I'm just going to wait until it comes out later this month and, yeah. and give it a go. Yeah. I'm glad to yeah, hear it's none. sounding good. Yeah, I definitely recommend um, waiting on it. Um, it. It was more of a contention point for me where I'm like, you know, with I bought Kirby Star Allies for my daughter. That was mm. uh, because she likes Kirby and they're easy to get, get into and stuff like that. But uh, I've never really bought a Kirby game for myself in quite some time. Uh, I'd like to say probably a decade at least. Wow. So for me, it was sort of just like, yeah, I'm not really sure how to feel about it. But then I played the demo and I'm like, this is actually pretty solid and I quite like it. <laughs> it's really nice. I might uh, actually pick that up. Um, so yeah, I uh, I have high hopes for it. So I can give you that info and just imagine that you'll be happy enough to pick it up and experience it nice and fresh when it comes out. Yeah, I mean... Because I, I definitely didn't heard, want to put it down. Yeah, I've heard really great things about it. I, I bought Star Allies four years ago and was very disappointed in it it was you know i hadn't played a lot of kirby until then and so playing that was just boring i just Mm -hmm. it was it looked cute and sharp and polished but playing it was just dull so um Mm -hmm. this this doesn't look like that um i think when you reference uh, reference the super mario 3d world that's like that's what i want to hear that's Mm -hmm. you know this is going to be kirby with that formula is going to be great and then the whole power-ups the whole uh swallowing uh, mouthful mode things those little extras um exploring through the town just sounds like mm-hmm. it's gonna be a fun time so i, I yeah, hope this yeah. is one of the more approachable or not, not approachable but you know more sort of widely considered kirby titles that people might consider picking up because um yeah i suppose they've got that bit more of that younger demographic but if they can sort of uh, cater to a bit more of a family sort of um demographic that'd be awesome and hope it does well sales wise mm-hmm. yeah it needs some loving it really needs some yeah. loving so I, I i do really hope that it uh, sort of comes out to good acclaim there's been a bit of i enjoyed uh, the choker by gp demo as well but there's been a little little bit of controversy around how that's sort of going yeah um a lot of a lot of problems people have with how they're handling uh, microtransactions as well as the status of the paid game and uh, stuff like that so you've got to pay for the game and then there's if you want extra like online season pass you got to pay an ad- another amount is that correct uh, yeah and then there's store yeah. items on top of it so it's yeah. uh it's ran like an f2p game but mm. you have to pay 60 like uh, well is it 70 dollars 70 dollars for it something like that after after some thought because originally i was sort of just like eh, i mean i mean like i wouldn't mind paying 60 for this after after some thought i'm kind of just like you know what Nah, it probably isn't acceptable in in a lot of ways. Now that I think about all the games that I've played with like a battle pass, like all of them have been free to play and yeah. stuff like that. And I mean, it's not to discredit the game because the game's actually really fun. I think it's a really good Mario Kart clone in quotations. Yeah. But unfortunately, it just suffers the greed, uh, the greed gene of video games that you don't want to see. 
Something that was really weird to me is a lot of people are calling this a gacha. And I'm like, have people lost the meaning of the word gacha? Mm. I, I don't know what's going on. There's heaps of people are just like, oh, it's just another dirty gacha game. I'm like, no. You got to pay to get like, in to begin with. I'm like, guys, a gachapon. I'm like, you need to understand what a gachapon is. A gachapon is a machine that drops out a random prize. This is like none of this has any randomness in it. You pay for you like if there's a character in the shop, you pay for the character. In the, if you pay for the battle pass, you get set rewards. There's nothing about this that's a gachapon. But for some reason, it's like the cutesy design of this game has just made people say the word gacha. I don't know why. Mm. It's really confusing because there's nothing gachapon about the game. And I've played a lot of gacha games. So this isn't one. It, no, it's like uh, I'm a big like I'm a big fan of uh, Dragalia Lost. Um, that's like something that I used to play daily. Not so much now. I've kind of given it a break, but I've played a hell of a lot of Dragalia Lost. That's a gacha game because you have like a system where you roll for a character and you get random results. But I'm not sure what why people consider this a gacha. It makes no, no sense to me. No, it's, it's a full price like game. No, no, that's right. Yeah, it's a full yeah. price game. You have a battle pass and you have a store. The things you purchase are guaranteed no matter what. Yep. So if anybody's listening to this and is like, uh, it's Gachapon. It's definitely not a Gachapon. No. It's definitely not. No. Here yeah. at Nintendo, we uh, stand by that. It is not a Gacha game, Chocobo GP. So. No, 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 no. That's the right, other yeah. thing with this was it, it must be really unfortunate timing for Square. They make this Mario Kart clone. And then literally yeah. two weeks later, the booster course comes out from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Like, like we've it's had five value. years of this game out on the Switch. And now they decide, let's, let's get DLC. Like, mm. if, if I was, you know, if I had $60 spare thinking I could play for Chocobo GP, or I'm going to spend, you know, a third of that on a Mario Kart DLC, I'm going to get the Mario Kart DLC shortly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that that and that's sort of what I mean too is like as a free to play game, Chocobo Chocobo uh, GP would be brilliant. Yeah, and um, don't have to pay the entry price. You can pay for additional extras. You just play it F two P. Great. Like even if they made the characters like oh you have to buy the characters like say in Dead or Alive five, you can play a free version but buy individual characters. Yeah. I would, I would call that acceptable for Chocobo GP. Um, and then you would have a good polarization of Mario Kart. You pay like the cost of the game and the DLC price to get a shitload of stuff. But then like if you're also, you've also just bought this Switch, you can't really, even though it gets packaged with most Switches, let's be real. Mm. But yeah, I've just bought this Switch. I really can't afford it, but I'd love to play like a Mario Kart S game. At least Chocobo GP would then be free. And then you can play it, but that's not the mm. case. And it, it does, you're right, shoot itself in the foot really bad because of it. Because with Mario Kart 8 being bundled in most Switch uh, Switch bundle, bundles, it just means that people have to, well, or rather could spend that money on the course pass and get a shit ton more out of Mario Kart 8. 100%. It's a, and, it's a real yeah. shame. Because <laughs> what's the, there's a Disney racer coming soon and that's free to play. And mm. so if that was coming out, now two weeks beforehand i think that would be a little bit different um yeah. i was at the direct the other month so yeah um yeah just a bit unfortunate for chocobo gp i've heard it's decent but yeah um with the booster course coming up i don't think you know there'll, there'll be choices made by people and uh, the booster course will probably win out yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah i have been playing f0x on the nintendo switch online expansion pack 
Now, is this something you've played before, Bryce? F Zero. I have. I've played F Zero on the GameCube. I've not played it on the sixty four. Because this was me as well, because I had GX on the GameCube and mm-hmm. really love that. Um, this was that was made by Sega. That, that, that's that's just you know like blows my mind. You know, like yeah. post Dreamcast. <laughs> you know, Nintendo and Sega are chummy now, and they're like mm. um, Nintendo's EAD is you know busy making Mario, and they made F Zero X. So they give it to Sega and say, "Can you please make this?" and GX is just an over-the-top, like they add a story in and it's just over-the-top kind of like nonsensical racing drama. And um, <laughs> I love just how that adds to the racing. And then the racing really stacks up and it's solid and fun. But I'm, I'm playing F-Zero-X and I'm just, I think it's better control-wise and soundtrack-wise and course-wise. You haven't played it, but just like, like they've done a really great job with this emulation, I feel. But for a game where, where I feel it needs to be spot on, that they mm. I've noticed nothing wrong with this emulation so far. It's been really precise and um, like really improved on compared to what Ocarina of Time on the service was early on. Thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, with these subsequent releases over the last few months, they've improved a few things. Um, that fog is better now. Just a really fun game with a killer soundtrack something i'm really keen to try with online multiplayer sometime so might get a few people rounded up in our discord server to play it online one time and um and give it a go so what were your thoughts on gx on the gamecube um well even even just sort of like this coming to nintendo switch online i'm happy it's here one because now i actually have reason to play it gx on the gamecube was hard when i originally played it it was quite difficult yeah and it, it's not something that I'd owned, but I'd borrowed. And I, out of like sheer will, I'm like, I want to get through like a bit of this game. And eventually I did give up because it's just like, God damn it. I could be playing so many things right now. Um, but that's not to say and discredit it. Like uh, it, they are really cool games. Um, the whole speed racing type of, type of uh, I guess, subgenre of racing games. Uh, what, like, what's another one? There's one like on the real tip of my tongue that was like around the start of the PlayStation 4. God, oh, I yeah. can't remember what it was. On the PS4? Yeah. Yeah, Drive Club. Is that the one you're thinking? No, no, no. Like it was it was like a it was like an indie title and it was like the same sort of like hyper based oh, um, subgenre of racer. I can't I, remember. I, I'm, I'm thinking like, cruising, but no, no, it's not that. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. But it was like the same sort of thing where it's like sort of futuristic-esque vehicles yeah. with like you know, speedometers that go like 400 miles per hour and, you know, the same sort of thing that F-Zero sort of aims to be. Mm. Uh, but uh, I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see X here so that I could sort of probably get it a little bit a uh, bit more context on how it got to the point of GX and sort of why it sort of stopped there because obviously we mm. haven't seen anything from F-Zero since that far back. 18 but- years now. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? But I mean, it was the same with Metroid as well, right? Like, and we saw we saw that hit, you know, we saw that hit a hit a high note with uh, Dread. Dread's an incredible game, so maybe uh, one day they'll do the same thing with F Zero. That's you give me hope, Bryce. I I don't know if I I think (laughs) Metroid was um, founded, but F Zero coming back, I don't know. That's just I can't Uh, imagine it. I mean, they 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 keep him in Smash, (laughs) so. You know, I, I yeah. don't think it's a, I don't think it's entirely entirely impossible. And I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that can get behind Captain Falcon in Smash. You know, that might be enough. Yeah. 
I, I think yeah, Captain Falcon and Smash, just, just like with the Mother series, like these characters are in that game. And so you've never played the games they're actually from. And so mm. being given the opportunity to finally play as the characters maybe might, you know, on like as a new game on Switch hardware might be something of a reason for people to get into it. So um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it just feels that whole of it. It's more of a skill racer, where Mario Kart is, you know, you've got items and, you know, you can be a good racer but, and still end up being 10th because you get hit at the last second and everyone overtakes you. Where this yeah, is, party you game. know, yeah. you, got your, you got your boost power from the second lap. you got to, like, you know, it's a payoff between boosting and keeping your energy so that you don't blow up. You know, you got your different vehicles um, from a customization point of view for, for acceleration or speed. There's a little bit of a different kind of... Um, angle that it goes for and yeah. yeah like you said it's a hard game but but it's one mm. of those games where you sort of enjoy sucking at it i feel yeah like because you, yeah. you know you just got to do it enough and you can well I, I don't know about the master or the expert mode that i've used a cheat code to unlock i don't know if it'll ever be that good but like i know like i could at least sort of finish these cups on the standard um above novice difficulty and try and get first place in those and so yep yeah um yeah, just just a real fun game. It's just the like the arcade style of old, and so Nintendo had their reasons for getting rid of it. But I'll just I'd I'd lose it if I saw another new entry in the series. I feel. I reckon it'd be good though. Like I mean, it was the same thing with Star Wars Episode One Racer getting re-released on the eShop, right? Mm. I had that game as a kid, and I I loved the shit out of it. And it, it's sort of it is it's sort of in the same sort of like hyper speed genre I'm talking about, where there's like speedometers going stupid speeds. It's uh, and I mean that was a great game, and it also like as you got to the butt end of that game, it did it gets stupidly hard. Like everybody <laughs> hated Sebulba. Like mind my language, but like <laughs> Jesus, that guy Sebulba can Sebulba can go and hit a pillar like he did in the movie. I'd be happy. So I understand, like, the, I guess, the nostalgia around that kind of racer and the mm. want and need for the fans of it. And I think F-Zero embodies it very well, uh, even just by GX and looking back on the Super Nintendo um, as well. It's, it's sort of, it sort of sits in my mind as something that could come back with the right amount of demand. I don't think it'll make, you know, huge sales, obviously. I think it'll probably sit more on the ballpark of Metroid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, not every Nintendo game has to be a 10 plus million seller or anything like that. I think that they can still just very much make games that are, you know, one to two million sellers and they'll be perfectly fine and they service what they need. And that's it. You know, if if you get if you get an insurgent like a resurgence like you did when Fire Emblem Awakening came out, then woohoo, you've profited. So that's it. It's um, mm. I suppose now is the best chance of it happening with the Switch and its prolonged life cycle. Like we're already mm-hmm. seeing the sequels to games originally coming out in the first year of the Switch coming this year, and so mm. you know there's going to be other games over these next two to three years while the Switch is still the prime console, and so. You know, that's perfect time for one of these titles like F-Zero or a Golden Sun or, um, mm-hmm. dare I say, a Mother 3 localization to come and oh, actually my God. make their way onto uh, Western audiences, did you, you know. Did you see the Reggie, uh, the Reggie posted <laughs> something that. on Twitter? Here's your Mother <laughs> 3. 
here's your mother three and the dude's just like oh i got my and here's the copy of mother three that i got signed by reggie and he retweeted it's like here's your mother three. Oh, he, he's just uh, he's just uh, uh, you know at this stage he just doesn't care you know but that, i, I that love robot that he chicken, still lives it yeah oh. does, that robot chicken skit of him mm. the mother three and he flame ball no, just yeah oh incredible and stuff um i i miss him and his nintendo shenanigans so Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all do. I don't yeah. think it's something we'll ever we'll ever uh, get rid of in our heads. No, that's it. Although Doug's doing a good job, he's I think he's he's pretty funny. It's not mm-hmm. the same. That's all. Also, very funny man. Pokemon Legends Arceus. I think uh, you touched upon this before. You're shiny hunting in this. Have mm-hmm. you um finished the main story and you're onto this sort of other side questing stuff? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I've. Uh, I mean. Um, I guess I guess minus spoiler alert. Like, if you want to actually finish the game, you need to f- mm. catch every Pokemon. But I mean, that tells you that in the beginning. So, uh, but uh, yeah, you catch every Pokemon. You do the last bits of the game, stuff like that. I did all that, and then when Daybreak came out, and went and did that content as well. That obviously wow. didn't last very long. And then yeah, now I've sort of just got side quests, and I've got to go get the shiny charm, which is going to take a bit of effort. So I just haven't really bothered with it yet. Um, yeah. But I don't think I don't think you really need it. This game is like flooded. I've got a whole box of shinies without really trying, to be honest. Nice. I I found the one. I found a shiny Pikachu, which was you know an, an orange, a, a light colored orange. But that that's the only one I've encountered so far. So how many do you have? You got like box full. Nearly said, a whole like box. 20 or something. Yeah. So like uh, there's thirty a box. I think I've got like somewhere in the ballpark between twenty two and twenty six shinies. Wow. Nice. Um. They're uh, like the shiny, the shiny rates just doing outbreaks and uh, God, I feel like what was the other way? Um, yeah, outbreaks and like getting your research up on the Pokemon. Yeah, get the uh, deck entry maxed out. And yeah, then, yeah. So yeah, and if you go beyond that and get perfect, uh, like the the chances to get a shiny of that specific species increases significantly. Yeah. Um. So you don't even need a shiny charm really to hunt. And like if you just go and hit mass outbreaks you'll typically find shinies pretty quickly and i mean i'm happy about that master method for the longest time has been like the standard for pokemon uh shiny hunting because you can really manipulate like the core of a pokemon while also getting a shiny so i've never bothered hunting for pokemon outside of breeding yep but with this game i actually feel like i can i can just go out into the wild and go catch a shiny and because it doesn't take 15 hours it feels like less less inconsequential you can find two shinies in 30 minutes like it's good yeah 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 it's um i, I just liked how they've done some of the typical things you see in a pokemon game differently and just mm-hmm. yeah like, like you said you've got to complete the decks to finish this game and I don't, I don't mind that because they've literally changed how you catch pokemon and how you encounter pokemon and it's mm-hmm. that new sort of different challenge that makes it enjoyable and you know this is the most life like realistic way we've actually experienced catching pokemon before and you know i'm i've caught 200 of them so far and so i've got a little bit of a way to go to you know catch them all and see them all but um another 40 or so but just just really enjoying the challenge of it like i'm catching the legendaries at the moment and then they're a bit harder again you know it's not like you can just sort of sneak up and throw something and catch them you've Mm -hmm. got to do a bit more work to sort of stun them and smoke balls and, and things like that so it's it's just it's just refreshing and different. So I know that's been said to death about these games, but just yeah, that that sort of rejuvenation of the Pokemon series that we we just needed years ago, honestly. 
Yeah, I think um, I think the biggest thing for me is that uh, like it's been begged for for a long time to the point where people were making Unreal Engine recreations of mm. of Pokemon games, like to sort of facilitate that type of like catching method and the style of how you approach things, like moving around a field and like getting into shit because a big Pokemon saw you and they're gonna attack you. And I think I think it's brilliant, and I think it breathes a lot more life into Pokemon designs as a whole, as in like how they would act and sort of how they would um, approach you. Like you can get Magikarp that literally just sit there and derp. Uh, I've been posting like a lot of my shiny endeavors on Twitter, and just like I, when I was going to a Magikarp outbreak, I'm just sitting there looking at all these dopey Magikarp swimming up to me like I'm going to feed them. <laughs> And I'm just tossing balls at them and they don't even care. They're just like, so when's the food coming? And then just go, tunk, tunk, tunk. Um, and then a shiny one popped up and the same thing. He just swam up to me. He's like, so when's the food coming? <laughs> tunk, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> and um, that's the thing is like, you get, you get things like that, but then you like run into a group of like Growlithe and all they want to do is fight. So you can't, you can't sort of just catch them unless you sneak up on them you'll have to fight them or you'll have to throw a uh, sort of trap method at them like uh, a sticky glob or something like that and Mm. it really it really plays into that like this is how pokemon are acting sort of thing which is not which is not really something we get in any other game and i think that's uh, brilliant i think it's something that they've needed to work on for years and years and years and years and they're finally doing it and that makes me feel really positive about the series going forward if they manage to stick with it i think is definitely the key word the key statement there yes it's if it's not going to be like a sun and moon kind of one-off change and then they revert back to to the old ways um Mm -hmm. the way i've thought about it is they've kept the turn base where it matters but have open worlded everything else Mm -hmm. and so with with legends arceus and so it's that really cool mix of um you know, you still get the whole fun Pokemon battling, um, turn-based stuff, with, and then you get the open world as well. And so, I, th- I think you've, I think you've done the uh, the bridge to the next item pretty well in terms of these news items. We've gone over the Kirby demo, we've gone over F Zero, but um, mm-hmm. the Pokemon Presents uh, came out the day after our last recording, so we haven't covered it yet. But obviously, the main announcement was the um, the Gen Nine Scarlet and Violet games coming out and so this was probably announced a little bit earlier than i thought but then like then i thought about it a bit more and then like actually it's just the pokemon company and every three years they deliver a game mm-hmm. i'm thinking you know the switch might you know another switch entry might take an extra year so i was thinking end of next year um they might try and pad out with their let's go entry but no they've just announced gen 9 for end of this year and it's going to be completely open world, just or more open than um, Legends Arceus. Were you pretty surprised yeah, they, when this came out? When this was announced? Yes. Story? So this <laughs> this this really caught me off guard. And before I, before I, before I say anything, I preface this: when Drew went on his honeymoon and I was doing solo podcasting, I made a whole episode uh, that was just a skit and then me talking about how I feel about my attitude towards gaming. And I felt myself slipping there for a little bit, where I'm like. I feel like I'm going to start talking negatively about this, but I'm not going to talk ne- negatively about this. I don't have it. I don't. I don't necessarily have a problem um, with what we've seen so far. I think so far it looks really brilliant. But I'm in the same camp of people that uh, they sort of 
sit on the realm of it feels early, even though it's not technically. Mm. Um, and the reason that is, is because I feel like it's not enough time to learn from what Arceus has provided. Yeah. Obviously, you know, this, the teams can work side by side and sort of share things with each other and integrate them as they go up until the point where both games come out. But the only problem with that in, in my, my mind is, is that if some of the bad stuff in Legends Arceus carries over as a result, then it's kind of like, yeah, it, it's kind of annoying, I guess. Yeah. Because they could, they could still bleed a hell of a lot more content out of Arceus. It's a very um, lore-driven game because mm. they want you to know what Sinnoh was before it was Sinnoh. Yeah, and there's a lot of unexplored concepts in it, like the Sinjo ruins and stuff like that as well, which were present in Diamond Pearl Platinum. I'm not, I'm not necessarily. It looks great, and uh, they are really pushing that open world motif in every single piece of media they talk about it. So my hope is that they either they either really mean it this time, because when they were talking about Arceus being open world, they're like, guys, we have to correct you on this. It's not open world. Mm. They actually said that about Arceus and it wasn't. It's more like Monster Hunter, which is fine. Yeah, I can open definitely area. be on board yeah. with that. Yeah. But uh, if they're going to start saying this is open world after making a statement like Arceus is not open world because we have an actual open world Pokemon game coming, then you'd better hope that they actually are being truthful on that and that they're not like, you know, is, is their version of open world the same marketing ploy that they did with, uh, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland <laughs> where they had like the whole advertisement of like a kid skating through the street and then hitting an invisible wall and they're just like play without barriers or whatever <laughs> uh, is it that like level of like open world in quotation marks or is it actually going to be like a you know town to route to town with no loading screens open world all the way through uh, like Xenoblade Chronicles X style, where there's only one place where you technically have to load in in the entire game. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I suppose uh, yeah. a discussion Drew and I had was definitely if they've got Monolith on board, they can probably make it happen. Like if That's they've it, got they're Monolith the masters board, of it, aren't they? Oh, they are. Um, yeah. But I'm not entirely sure yet. I'm waiting to see where that sort of goes. It looks good though. It looks great. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm. I'm optimistic but yeah mm -hmm. like you said it's it's almost like they did legends Arceus as the test this mm -hmm. is I know, people will say it's not a spin-off or it is a spin-off but you know it's, it's a slight i'm gonna it's it's a technically a spin-off from what the current mainline is and mm -hmm. they have this proof of concept and they must have been through this development cycle thinking yep that's good let's expand on it even further with gen 9 so they didn't mm -hmm. even wait until you know a risk like a public reception uh, reception reaction to Arceus. They've just, yep, that's good enough. Let's take it to Gen 9. And mm. yeah, so they've just they've just gone with it. And, you know, I, I hope it's as open as they are saying it is. And, you know, I, I've looked at some of the screenshots and there's one looks like must be a central town and it looks pretty gated off and walled off. Um, we're going to get the whole sort of, you know, it's open world but you just have to go in through this gate for the next open world to appear kind of thing. Or what's the, you know, how, how is it going to be like, you know, we see a cliff in the distance. Is it going to be like breath mm. of the wild? We can go there kind of thing. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, the level of open worldness is, is to be determined still. 
But yeah, if, if more yeah. of the softer involved, then that gives me a lot more hope. I mean, there's no nothing so far to suggest that they will be, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, the only evidence we could really sort of yeah, the only evidence we could really drum up with that is maybe because they're all pretty much working in the same building now. Like regardless of what Nintendo team it is, whether it be yeah. like Game Freak or whatever. Like they're all pretty much working in the same building now. So it's very easy to sort of just go, hey, uh, guys over in that cubicle, can you come have a look at this? And um, like that, that's great. Like it's great. And like, it's definitely something I could see sort of happening. But um, I think uh, the best thing we can prepare for personally, just looking at it from the standpoint that I'm seeing it in the trailer, which again, looks great, hmm. um, is that, they're going to say open world, but what they really mean is that the paths to each area are probably a little bit more expansive than what they are in typical routes. But it's not going to be like there's a wild area between each city, like the like in Sword and Shield, how you had like the connection between the two cities was just a wild area. Yeah. I don't think it's going to go that far because the way they're sort of promoting it is when they say open, they seem to be like, you know, you can walk in from this area to the next city without a loading screen and that that's sort of what i'm getting from it and which i mean that make that probably makes more sense in my eyes knowing the pokemon company because it's easy to just like go from a route and have an unloaded zone move into the city and then as you're walking to the next zone it loads in like i can sort of you know i can sort of see that um whereas I don't really see it as much as like, you can just skip over this town by like climbing this hill over there and going to the next part. I, I just don't see that happening personally. No, we're not, yeah. not going to get the whole, um, you know, you could run straight to the elite four or, or Ganon equivalent for breath mm. of the world and, and, and finish it straight away. No, there's, yeah, it's not going to be like that. Is it? Can no, no way. <laughs> they're still, they're still going to very heavily direct you. And, um, yeah. This like the one thing that really comes back to me is they showed off that big town a lot with the giant church, right? Like the giant yeah. church type building. Personally, it wouldn't surprise me if they have like um, maybe not a gym system again, kind of like they did in Sun and Moon, and they do something with that church. Like you've got to come back there after doing something in a separate town and then going back, and then you know, I, I think that could also be a very big possibility for the game with that way that they. Uh, sort of have a one central point so i think again if we're going to talk in terms of like breath of the wild they have like a central point being hyrule castle and then things spread out around the map that sort of are important to your journey yeah mm. Mm. i'd be down for that that'd be cool i think um yeah yeah no so november i just like if i didn't think this year was going to be packed enough but then they no. just decide let let's add in another mainline pokemon game so and we've got E3 coming this year, so like this is gonna be more. It's just a crazy year. E3 is gonna be nuts, man. Yeah, yeah, this is gonna be like this is gonna trump 2017. I think this 2022 lineup is that's crazy. But um, out of your starters, out of uh, Sprigatito, Coco, and Quaxley, which one are you gonna mm-hmm. choose? I'll probably play this game with my daughter, who's had a big re like a, a resurgence interest in Pokemon again, and probably go Sprigatito. Nice. Um, because that's definitely what she's into far more than any of the other two because she's a cat person. So I'll, yeah. I'll I'll go Sprigatito and see how it goes. Yeah, I'm mad. Uh, I I have a pet cat. Her name is Tifa, and uh, yeah, definitely Sprigatito for me. Um, mm-hmm. as long as we don't get the whole Incineroar treatment where it becomes a humanoid kind of uh, 
final evolution. monster. <laughs> on, on a jungle cat at the end there, on all fours still. And yeah, I hope that's that's what we get. So my conditional yeah. selection. Yeah, I kind of just think like that. Uh, and considering the region that it's based in, I'm kind of thinking like back to, uh, have, you vis- have you ever seen Coco, the Disney yes. movie? Yeah. Yeah, and you think about the big cat and that, that's like mm. very sort of like, you know, yeah, something like that would be cool. Like yep. maybe maybe not to that same level of color, like colorful. No. Obviously, you got to keep a theme there, but like, keep yeah, something green. along the lines of that would be good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 But um, I, I like all three, to be honest. It's, you know, um, if if the final evolution of Sprigatuda doesn't do it for me, then I'm sure the other two, there'll be something cool there for me to, uh, to select. So, yeah. I like it even after all these iterations they've done. Well, this is the ninth time they've done a starter trio that uh, they're coming up with some cool designs still and, you know, splitting trainers pretty evenly, I feel, in terms of which one they want to go with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think on, 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 my, on my level, I'm kind of sitting in the medium strip for these guys. I don't hate them, but I don't yep. love them. Like with my starter Pokemon, I tend to, you know, sort of eventually warm up to them anyway. But right mm-hmm. now they haven't like hit the same sort of vibes that some of the starters have on their reveals. So I, we'll just see how it goes. I think um, go. I'll probably end up liking them once they get there. Yeah, yeah, they're warm to you. Other announcements as part of this Pokemon Presents, definitely not as interesting, but um, Aloha Pokemon are coming to Pokemon Go. So that's been out for a couple of weeks now. Um, mm-hmm. I still play Pokemon Go, so this is, uh, you know, I turn on the, uh, put on the app, and uh, there's some extra Pokemon for me to catch, so that's been pretty fun. Um, nearly six years now worth of playing. Yeah, Do you God. still play Pokemon Go? Be a bit hard uh, I... and Millicent, I feel, in terms of finding Pokemon stops and wanting to keep playing uh... it. Yeah, I mean, there's the, here's the thing is, like, surprisingly, there's a lot of people that do still play Pokemon Go here. Um, really? But, yeah, there's still a consistent base here, and, like, a lot of people still play it in uh, Mount Gambier. Okay. Um, which is, which is yeah, pretty thriving, actually. However, I'm, I'm not a consistent player. I'll open it, and I'll do a couple things, like, if there's events or something like that that I've missed out on, but I've got missions for, and I'll... Yeah. Uh, I'll do them and then maybe catch some new Pokemon and then sort of put it down for a bit and used to sort of go on the raid trains for a bit because we do have a raid group in Millicent, which um, I uh, have muted these days because it's uh, sort of, yeah, getting a bit spammy. Um, but okay. we all used to go out and do raids on the Wednesdays and stuff like that as well. Like we were still, we were still all doing that even just six months ago. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, decent. Yeah. Nice. Everybody's in it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, that's how they make the money. People are still playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, other announcements were Pokemon Masters celebrating their two and a half anniversary, which I just laughed at. I thought, uh, is is that a is that a cultural thing to celebrate a half birthday, or is uh just just oh. an excuse to get an update out? So this is a gacha thing. This is what gachas yeah. do. They they always celebrate in six month increments. And Masters is no exception, does the same thing. So basically what it does is it goes, all right, gets to 2.5 years. It goes, okay, let's have a mini celebration. And then next year will be the big one. So um, with with Masters, uh, the way that they typically do 0.5 celebrations is they do a rerun of the, like, like the major year. So... In this case, it's the 2022 units have come back into the Gachapon and you can sort of go and claim them. 
Pokemon Pokemon Masters isn't too bad with giving out free currency these days. It was really kind of bad before. Okay. Um, yeah. So I went on, did my rolls, got all three, and I'm like, cool. And that got me back into the game for like a couple of hours and just doing a couple things. And I mean, that's all Pokemon Masters really is. It's basically just, I guess it's canon fodder for the trainers more than anything else, right? Yeah, seems like, to be the new trainers was the, the focus of this update, so... Well, yeah, you see, like you know, like in in the in the games, like when it comes to like the gym leaders and stuff like that, you get very basic things. Even in Sword and Shield, where like people were disappointed with voice acting, what does Masters have? It has voice acting for all of those trainers that didn't have voice acting in Sword and Shield. So, uh, Raihan, Hop, Leon, all those people, they mm. all have voice acting and masters. And yes, they are all English accented. So, yeah. um, Xenoblade, definitely... the same actors who are doing the Xenoblade series, probably. Yeah, Is that sh- a... should, should just be, but yeah, yeah. It, it's just, it's just weird because like, you know, whenever Raihan wins, he's just like, let's take a selfie to remember this moment. <laughs> They're like, Jesus Christ. Like I know you're so a they could do it for a mobile man, game, but not for the mainline series voice acting. That, that's exactly right. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they want you to spend that extra money on the gacha. Uh, mind you, I have spent maybe fifteen dollars on this game, and I've never spent again, and I still get most of the units. So um, it's actually not in too bad of a place. It's just unfortunately when gachas have bad starts, they never really, they never really keep going. Um, I don't yeah. think masters. I don't think Masters is, is is a bad game. I just think in like the established meta of Gachapons, it's not a great place. No, it so, doesn't seem like it's got a massive following or anything like that, you know, compared to Go. No. Definitely in, even Unite, I feel there's still a bit there. So yeah, I don't hear much, just, as much about Masters. Just, uh, when, when was it? I think it was like, I, I, I did an episode of Encore for the House of Mario where it was rating Nintendo mobile, mobile games. Mm. Um, and the biggest problem the Pokemon games always have is they always start an idea and never stick with it. So this is def I reckon this will definitely be one of those things where eventually they're just going to stop and they're not going to support it anymore. Um, much like they did with Duel, which was the only way to play the Pokemon figure game um, was through the app. Mm. And they, they can't, they, they canned that completely and uh, made very many people very sad. So um, I think Masters is probably headed in the same way. And I wouldn't be surprised that one bad update would probably send Unite that way as well. Yeah. Um, a lot it's of the content creators... That, well, that's right, yeah. And a lot of the content creators that were playing it, people like A-Drive and like all that, uh, they're, they're just not doing it anymore. It's, yeah. There's only so much you can sort of pull out of a MOBA. <laughs> so, yeah. I yeah, think that's sort of it. Pokemon that name too. only goes so mm-hmm. far, you know. The game's going to be decent as well, and the support's going to be there. Some other updates in the presents were to Cafe Remix. Um, never played this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Shaman is now available in uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. So we've got till the 27th of March to get that. So I, I need, need to, go to clean uh, that shit. Yeah. blow the dust off my Brilliant Diamond game. And uh, no, sorry, Shining Pearl I've got, and uh, get my free legendary. Yeah, um, I need to do that too. Yeah, I'll do, it. I'll do it one time. Just to do it because I have to get them all. I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Pokemon Legends Arceus, there was a free update that gives a new side quest. Um, and then if you enter the code Arceus Adventure, you also get access to a whole bunch of free Pokeballs, which, you know, save you I think some money. Most people playing this, you know, at this stage don't care about because they've crafted so many or, um, or so many. Yeah, so, it depends. 
Depends, depends. They do come in handy. I think I think they yes. give you like 90, 90 balls all up. Yeah, you know, I can't say that's not handy. It saves me uh probably saves me like eighty thousand pokey. That's a pretty good saving. Yeah, well mm. yeah, true. I have run short of money um currently. So uh, you know, it's uh it probably would help with some of the lower Pokemon trying to get their entries up and and trying mm, to help them like. So Absolutely, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, out there for people liking it. Um yeah, I mean these presents are fun. Uh, this was a, a good surprise. So I, I think I prefer them if they had them all tied together in a Nintendo Direct. I don't know about you, but I, th- I think that would make those Directs even more epic. Because I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this may be fussy at this point, but uh, yeah, just uh, you know, Pokemon Company, they're, they're doing their own thing, and then Nintendo is just a stakeholder in the whole process and lets them do it. No more Directs. It's Pokemon Presents. So. Well, the thing the thing with them is realistically is they only last fifteen minutes, and I think like they're probably not bad. I reckon they they would be really good if they encompass like most things Pokemon and rather than just the video games. But they left the big announcements for like uh, Nintendo Directs where the hype is already like ginormous. Mm. Um, so like when with the Pokemon presents, like especially since the boom in TCG has now happened, and then there's just TCG everything, not then they massive. could do a Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. They, could, they could do Pokemon Presents and they can like talk about, you know, the mobile games that are happening, uh, the spin-offs that might be happening. Um, so like think Snap level spin-off sort of thing. Yeah. And then, you know, the TCG sets that are cu- coming out in the near future because like you get all your news out Japan anyway. So you already know when those sets are coming. It's just a matter of time. So it'd be good if they announced them on something like a hey, Pokemon Presents. Um, and then, you know, maybe like, uh, they're doing like, say if they go, oh, look, we're doing like a Nendroid collaboration where we have Nendroid Pokemon or something. And then they talk about that. It'd be good. Um, Hmm. because Pokemon encompasses more than just video games these days. It's definitely, you know, all, all the media talking about even the anime as well, manga updates and stuff. I think all that news is important to people. And I think a lot more people would tune in just to get a, a whole encompassing thing. Mm. and then um, merch having... as well just, just it's it's unreal just yeah mm-hmm. pokemon's just you know i think i've heard it's biggest earning franchise in the world of anything mm-hmm. so no other franchise earns as much money as pokemon so um mm-hmm. yeah you're right it could it could be so much bigger these presents couldn't they rather than just yeah. just the video games yeah that's yeah. right yeah yeah i'll get pokemon sleep eventually i i, I will get my <laughs> sleeping app you know that will that'll get me to a solid 7 hour sleep every night <laughs> surely hopefully hopefully other news we saw a leak about nvidia and this supposed um next gen um support that nvidia might provide to nintendo's switch 2 or, or switch 4k or switch pro these these long lasting rumors so there was a bit of um i suppose uh data mining and sort of you can see the sort of nvn and the nvn2 sort of within the coding of um of this hack of this compromised cyber attack and so i mean i've included this in here it's like is it really news or is this something that we probably would have assumed anyway would to be the case they're on they're on a winning sort of thing here sounds um, like they're gonna you know dip in for another you know go with nvidia again for whatever they release next what do you think it's for so, a next gen or for a uh, upgrade of, of the switch i think 
I think at this point it's probably more leaning into slight upgrades for the Switch that might be software based and maybe yeah I, I like I'm not really sure I they do minor updates all the time like I sort of seen with like the battery life update mm. uh, mid generation and stuff like that it really could just be something like that whether it's actually going to be like an actual jump I I'm not really sure because here's the thing is like when we're talking about uh, the OLED, by example, um, everybody thought that was just going to be a pro. It was just going to be straight out of pro. And here's the thing is that it probably was at some point meant to be a pro, but because of the chip shortages we're having and the silicon shortages we're having around the world at the moment, it's obvious that that idea got canned because it was going to cost too much to do. Whether this is left over from that or whether... Um, this is something they'll be considering in the future once it's less of a problem is, is the next question. Mm. Um, they, they keep talking about like, Oh, the switch has got another five years left in it. So you better buy one now because you know, don't listen to them when they say that because they definitely just want to sell you consoles. They're a company. We, we have no plans for another console. Then two months later, here comes the Nintendo switch light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And like this, this could definitely be a, um, like a push forward to like these are the ideas for the next chipset we're going to be using in the next updated model and like technically the next generation of console or something like that and this is probably like the rest of the nvidia leaks these are probably like at least a year or two out before we even see like anything mm. regarding to do with this um and by then the switch is you know the switch is hitting seven years old that's about time so uh, I think saying that like it, it'll probably be for a pro, I think is probably going a little bit too beyond the jump. Um, it's either a leftover from what was supposed to be the pro or it's the next push to the next console. That's yep. the only thing I can sort of take from it. Mm. I'm yeah. curious to get your thoughts when you think a next gen console is going to come because um, we, 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 you know, you, you referred to that Um that that's a shareholder meeting the other month where they referred to the switch being in the mid of its life cycle. And yeah. so that was just before the fifth anniversary. So are we saying there's another five years, which I don't believe. No. When do, when do you think not. we're getting this next gen console? Is it 2024 next year, late next year, or, or even later 2025 plus a, a very good indicator of most video game console generation jumps is about seven years. It's, mm. it's rough. It's roughly around about that time. I don't think it's going to be much different here. And like, to be honest, I actually think the next generation jump for Xbox and PlayStation will probably actually come a lot later this time around, mm. just because I feel like those consoles have already made the inv- advancements that are just getting beyond belief. Like it's just getting too much at that point. Um, the little gain right now for if they were to do something yeah next gen. yeah 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 that's right like you like that would be like by next generation you'd expect it to be like an open world like seven times the size of skyrim with no loading zones and you know um so i think they're more like 10 years off of that but for the switch the switch is not 10 years off the next hardware jump no way in hell um mobile technology upgrades so fast these days that because it is their main focus, right? Like mobile technology is so huge and it's always their focus now. It's making things as small and compact as possible and sort of pushing up in that market. And the Switch, technically when the Switch come out, they all they still probably could have made more advancements on that than what they did. So I think two, two years, I'd like to say 
2024 holiday would probably be the next the next move personally yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where i'm thinking too i think um yeah I, they, they referred to the sixth year being really important to this switch's um life cycle because with the Wii, that's when the sales like dropped off a cliff and they're seeing this momentum sort of continue on now and so they're talking about this is the console that sort of breaks that tradition where the sixth year is is still really successful and so it makes you wonder okay if they get through this year and then maybe next year there's a bit of a drop do they decide to you know uh, bring plans forward a little and and release that console a bit earlier um who's to say i mean they've got a massive year this year with with software so um Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could argue that they're just going to continue selling. Um, if they bring another iteration, they might just keep selling the units. So, yeah, I'm thinking end of 2024, um, and we maybe get a Metroid Prime 4 sort of crossover. Um, crossover release, yeah. Crossover release. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I could I mean, definitely only see that. Years away, but uh, potentially, you know, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm uh, sort of in that camp too, I think. And, hmm. uh, I think the last thing to sort of make, make mention and note of there is that we've seen a lot of shortages for the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 lines of consoles at this point. By then, those consoles would be caught up and they'll start not not even just like, you know, having a pretty good line to the shop, I guess. What's... God, I just blanked there. Line to shop stockage is probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, because yeah. obviously those games are always like running out of stock at the moment. But uh, I think by then they'll be steady and they'll start offering more deals for the PlayStation and the Xbox uh, where they package and bundle in games and they'll be sort of working on their pro version of the console um, coming in the next couple of years. So next two years is about right for that. Yeah. So that when Nintendo would be like, oh shit, they're making moves. So we better do something. Do something yeah <laughs> yeah you, you sort of bring a good point there they've still got a couple of levers into in like to pull potentially in terms of like price cuts for the software and the hardware as well so yeah you know the fact that they've they've sold at full retail to this point is you know amazing and mm-hmm. you know if, if they do see that sort of dip they can always pull those levers to sort of get the sales and the revenue coming up to yeah. where they they want it to be so um yeah, agreed, yeah. good time to be a nintendo fan you know so uh time to head <laughs> yeah Second to last news item I've got here is the NSO Nintendo Switch Online app um, had a bit of an upgrade. So I never used this app, but I'm just going to list the things that have updated here. Uh, the overall design of the app has been updated. So you can now see um, if your friends are online, um, what they're playing, I believe. Uh, you can change your online status setting. People can view your friend code and you can copy and share that around. And then there's some, also been some other minor changes, apparently. And then on the Switch itself, when you go into the NSO application, um, you can now do missions. And so these sort of missions where you sort of play software on the NSO app give you sort of platinum coins, which means you can unlock images, backgrounds, and frames for your profile picture. What do you think of this sort of pseudo-achievement trophy, watered-down version of, a, of, a, of an achievement trophy sort of reward system? I think it's good because it offers you something that you can personalize and sort of coast off. Like I've already had like a bit of a play with it, obviously, but there's still a hell of a lot more to come. You know, trophies, trophies and achievements on Xbox and PlayStation, they are more or less just a number and things like you could sort of go back on and like have a look and stuff like that. 
Um, and they're great and mm. they indicate like a broader range of players. Um, whereas this is like very basic to the most degree and incorporates everybody as sort of a thing. And uh, getting rewarded for it's kind of nice, but it's very limited at the moment and everybody's got the same shit running. So <laughs> it's uh, sort of waiting for games to uh, get their own their own little inputs. Obviously, we're getting like each month, we're getting like an Animal Crossing avatar that's got their birthday on that month, for example. Yeah. Um, but uh, it'd be nice to see stuff like more Zelda stuff come out of it and then, you know, functionally more Pokemon come out of it with different frames and stuff like that. I'd like to see like um, challenges that are accessible to everybody, but they're maybe a bit harder. Like, no, I don't know. Like, I don't want to say put too much time into an X, X game or something like that, because I feel like that goes against Nintendo's MO of playing long stretches at once. Yeah. I get what you mean yeah. there because it was just literally open this, play this feature, mm-hmm. and then you got yeah. all four of the um, challenges, and that was it. So it wasn't hard for me to do. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Alter yeah. my behavior to do it, but yeah, that was about it. But may- but maybe they could do something like, oh, play through the free trial of like Kirby or something like that. Yeah, and then and then basically what that would do is that would give you an exclusive like kirby border or something like that that you could only get during that time because then it would not only promote kirby for example Mm. but it would also get you an exclusive thing that like is time gated to a degree and you could just sort of just go and collect it in your free time it's not like kirby takes uh 10 hours to play through it's like a one hour demo um and uh yeah sort of give you a bit more of an incentive to explore nintendo switch's offerings as opposed to just log into the Nintendo Switch online app or visit the eShop or basic stuff like that. Yeah, mm. that's it. It's um I mean it was a nice surprise when I when I saw it the other day. Have you done Mario Froggy as your profile picture? No, I did the I did the suit one. The suit one, okay. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in uh, the the hat kingdom and he's like jumping and then I got like the cappy frame. Yeah. And then yeah, same. And then Drew, after last week's show, was basically like every it, like every everybody's just got a basic bitch avatar now because of this thing, and I'm just like, fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> I, just, like, I saw I saw a couple of uh, Mario Froggies, and I thought, yeah, they're nice. You know, it's just something different because uh, <laughs> the frames of the backgrounds are a nice welcome change, and like mm-hmm. you said, I think they can have some opportunities here to sort of tie it up with future released games. And, you know, mm. if, uh, you know, Kirby comes out later this month, maybe um, late, late March, but early April, they, you know, have a Kirby themed um, options yeah. there, you know, th- things like that, just, uh, you know, like they do with Tetris 99, just uh, it's yeah. more of a celebration of a, of a game that comes out and uh, you get some other cool things to go with it. So um, mm-hmm. I've never used the app for online play, um, also Discord or even, you know, it depends who I'm playing with. You can just call them. I mean, mm-hmm. Nintendo's online sucks. And so these are the methods we have to go through to talk to someone while we play a Switch game online. But, um, uh, you, you know, it's something. And I just I just wish the next console sort of removes this need altogether and you can do it all within the console. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. That's mm. it. The uh, last item I had was Advance Wars one and two reboot camp getting delayed again so 
this was originally meant to come out in December last year, and then uh, a month or so beforehand um, gets announced that they want to delay it, they want to add a few new things to it, and um, no, no release date was officially given, but you looked at the eShop and you could see uh, the 8th of April on the um, release date screen, and so um, they later announced officially that the 8th of April was the date, but um, just this week they've announced that uh, it's going to be indefinitely put on hold for release so this is about three four weeks before the release now um due to the conflict in ukraine so obviously you know a lot's going on in the world right now and um just you know this is a i think a perfectly understandable decision um based Mm -hmm. on firstly the title of the game but also the themes of the game because um it gets a bit sort of um reminiscent of what's happening today with the blue moon sort of faction deciding to invade a neighboring country or faction and then the blue moon kind of um is very sort of it's based off this russian ussr sort of um anti-american superpower so um bryce what are your thoughts on this on this delay i've never played advanced wars so hearing that is actually quite interesting because i figured that maybe it was just like the bad timing of like there's an actual war going on right now and it'd be a little bit insensitive. Um, but now that you mentioned that, yeah, that is a, a damn good reason to delay the game. Just a little um, bit deeper than yeah, the title. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad to I'm I'm glad you brought that to my attention. Thank you very much for that. Obviously, um, real world events right now are very scary, and uh, a lot of people are throwing around the buzzwords and stuff like that, whether it be nuclear and war and mm. um, invasions and uh, sort of you know, the, the very touchy subject words that harken back like quite, quite badly in human history. So it is, yeah, 100% the right call to make. Uh, I think promoting a game that is essentially very similar to the situations we have going on in the real world could eventually, it could, well, could, could offend rather some, some people who may be tied to the situation in inadvertent ways or even uh, who are directly in, tied with the conflict extremely sad to see what's happening in the world at the moment and uh more reminders of it is not exactly needed so yeah i think uh what they've done is quite uh quite admirable but also as well how ironic how ironic that a very similar thing is happening again to this uh to this series it's very strange yeah i just yeah i I mean firstly yeah it would have been an insensitive thing for them to release it not you know with everything going on but yeah, this series has some really sort of weird timings with their releases because the very first Advance Wars game was released on the 10th of September 2001. And so obviously the day before the September 11 attacks. And then the US release um, still comes out the day before, but um, the Western, uh, so the, the European and Japanese releases get delayed. Um, it was never officially confirmed for, for the reason, but it's widely reported that that was the reason. And so. Uh, um, Japan got the game, uh, I think, uh, sorry, Europe got the game a couple of months later, the next year. And then Japan came out a couple of years afterwards, bundled with the second game. So it's, it's just, just a weird sort of coincidence again that the game comes out before or during like a, a big world event like that. So I, I suppose with the themes and what the game sort of is about war, it's just... Um, Yes, I suppose more susceptible to that kind of thing, but mm. you know, Nintendo had to make that call, and they would have been, you know, if, if 
I, I just would have been horrible if they released the game and people find out what it's about and everything's going on right now. So, yeah, I know. It, it's, it's just a game. People will play it one day and, you know, yeah, more important things going on right now. So That's right. Yeah. All right, so that's the news, um, the main things I had at the moment. Um, but the last thing I wanted to sort of go over was five years since the Switch got released um, this month, which, which mm. what is time as a concept? I'm just thinking to myself because what a crazy five years for this console and sort of for the Nintendo as a whole compared to, I suppose, their Wii U and the 3DS beforehand. Yeah. So I just wanted to, what, what are your sort of favorite moments so far of this new console and some of your favorite titles that have come out? Oh, God. I've, you've got your show notes here and I'm definitely reading through the show notes. <laughs> um, we have, we have, we have very similar, we have very similar tastes, which is great. Um, however, uh, sort of sitting, sitting where I'm at, like some of, some of the most hype moments during the Switch's lifetime, I think were a lot of the sort of lead up coming to the Switch. Obviously there was, um, some sort of huge events that happened in in for the history of Nintendo at this point. Like, you know, we had um, Awada's death during these times and stuff like that as well. And uh, they were a huge impact on the industry. We had Reggie leave Nintendo. That was a massive thing. Um, so we saw two new company heads, both in Japan and the States, which was massive. But um, outside of the obvious, like, big big shifts for Nintendo that like were huge, like, especially um, like when it comes to Drew and I leading up to it and like talking about, we always had like this admiration for people like that uh, who could really put on a show and have fun with their, have fun with their brand, I guess. Um, And losing those people was kind of harsh, but I mean, through that, we also saw stuff like the Smash Brothers ultimate reveal, which was a huge thing for Drew and I, especially everyone is here that that phrase really uh hit home in quite such an incredible way uh the release date for the switch was also a huge moment because it came coupled with a breath of the wild trailer that was just absolutely uh one of the most thrilling trailers a zelda game has ever had yes one of the best gaming trailers ever surely that was yeah oh my god yeah the moment in that trailer when zelda started crying jesus the impact man yeah just like holy Holy hell. And um, there's been a lot of moments like that with the Switch, like uh, Mario Odyssey uh, going through the end of um, uh, New Donk City. Uh, I won't spoil too much, but everybody knows what that like last major part of New Donk City is. Holy yeah. hell. Um, it's like a great celebration of Mario. And like th- there's a lot of things like that in the Switch's history, which I can't... I could say that there's similar moments throughout history I've had with other Nintendo consoles and such, but the the Switch has definitely had the absolute best of uh, of moments in terms of its uh, celebration of its own series and stuff like that as well. And yeah, I think like, I guess those are just some of the moments out of the many that I could probably point out that really caught me, I think. Yeah. Mm. Oh, nice. I love it. It's... um. I suppose for me, it was just, it feels like the Switch was something that they always wanted the Wii U to be. And so this perfect mixture of the handheld that they do so well, but let's add it, the hybrid model to it. And the sort of accessibility mm-hmm. that it brought was just, just unreal. And it, it, it just showed that they don't need to sort of focus on anything else but the games. 
on the hardware and and mm-hmm. they will you know do well and so you know I, I remember you know vividly getting breath of the wild on my wii u playing it for a bit and thought no i want to play this on the new hardware so i traded in my wii u yeah. version and got just bought a switch and played it on yeah. that and sort of got lost in you know sort of exploring that area and as someone who you know grew up with nintendo and loving it and being really excited for the games i kind of got out of it a bit as the wii u came out and kind of um wasn't as enthralled or as enchanted by by the games and you know just wasn't into it as much and i don't know if i was the only person i mean obviously it didn't sell well the wii u so i mustn't have been the only one but the wii the switch has just been able to sort of rekindle my love for the company and the games but also like i really want to try out all the sort of franchises and uh, sorry franchises and ips they have and i've never sort of explored nintendo gaming as much as i have until these last few years and so it's been like obviously i've you know played the marios and the animal crossings and and the metroids but just playing all these other new sort of titles and franchises in between like like xenoblade i'd never given that a go and to play the definitive edition on the switch that was that was that was unreal you know a nintendo game doing storytelling and voice acting yeah. but, like at the start of a game i'm playing this and like i'm not on a switch con- i'm not on a nintendo console right now surely this is such a weird and novel concept for me right now mm, but, yeah, but then yeah they've just been able to sort of tie in releases really well you know animal crossing coming out during the start of the pandemic like like oh, this yeah. game got delayed from 2019 to march 2020 and and everyone knows what happens from that month onward and mm-hmm. it just you know a crazy as crazy as it was at the time it was i sort of look back fondly at at least you know we had that game and i was playing with friends and people were connecting still in this mm-hmm. socially distant time that we were living in and that, that was a special moment and then i i always hold that animal crossing new horizon should have won game of the year for that very reason alone um yeah sort of you know not not just the game but what it meant for people at the time but mm-hmm. then they've, they've got these sort of yeah, games that anyone can play but then they have brought back these really like metro dread bringing that back and then actually giving it the love and spotlight it deserves has mm-hmm. just meant that you know it's it will be the most popular most best-selling uh, metroid game to date when we get the next figures it, it will have surpassed metroid prime it will get to the yep. three million mark so you know they're just you know at this stage now where they're putting some love to these other older franchises and games and it's just an exciting time to, you know, be a Nintendo player, really. Um, Absolutely. I look back at that, you know, we've got the best Zelda now. Uh, I think that's a pretty, you know, IGN has rated it the best game of all time, you know. Mm-hmm. And Super Mario Odyssey, just Mario's, you know, my favorite sort of Nintendo sort of game, really. And playing Odyssey, just, you know, they, they keep reinventing the Mario platforming genetics every time. And so, and that's led to Bowser's fury and, and just these these things like that so while i have rights with what they're still doing in certain aspects in terms of classic content and online capability they've done a lot right so far and you know mm-hmm. you can't argue with 100 plus million units sold so far and and all the software they've sold at this point so um mm-hmm. all my friends have a switch my, my my brothers who are pretty 
you know, they're, they're more into their Xbox, have a Switch now, and, you know, they just love the sort of flexibility that it provides. So you, you're, mm-hmm. on, you're on a winner there when, you know, everyone you know has got one. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Sort of, sort of like harkening back to what you were saying about the Wii U. Like, I think everybody lost a little bit of magic there from Nintendo. Mm. I don't think, I don't think that's, uh, yeah, I, I don't think by any stretch of an imagination that's untrue. That's definitely true. Um, that being said, like you know, I uh, when the Wii U came out, Drew and I went and picked up our consoles day one, updated them uh, at uh, my mother's house, which was the only place that had internet at the time because <laughs> we just moved into a flat. We. I'd like to say with the Wii U, there's definitely something that was very positive about the Wii U personally, and that is the software. And the attribution to that is that there's so much software that has come from the Wii U imported to the Switch. It's definitely something that it did right. However, like mm. I'll always call that hardware as the Switch prototype. That's It's very obvious what they wanted to do with the Wii U in a concept, but they didn't have the technology at the time to do it. So they tried to half-ass it instead and it didn't work. Mm. so to see that like switch has come out and it's pretty much a dream realized i'd like to call it because that's that's what they it's it's obviously that's it's obvious that that's what they wanted to do with the console and um it's definitely sort of pushed on to where it is and we are in a golden age for nintendo which doesn't hasn't happened uh since the wii and even then i feel like the wii catered to one audience whereas the switch count uh, uh counts for a lot more to mm. be honest with you um 100 the the, the way was definitely big on party games and that was pretty much it and family family experiences for the most part um but uh the switch has definitely got a bit for everybody and i think it's probably very obvious why it is um shooting to be the number one most sold console of all time but uh, it's still got a bit to go yet before it does that, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I at first I didn't think it'd get to 100 million, and so no, it's easily done that now. And you look at the 155 mil mark for the PS2, and you know I think it's possible now. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I yeah it could very well be on the uh, best ever selling console of all time out of anything. So definitely possible, and and exciting to see where it does turn up. Thank you, Bryce, for coming on. This is Absolutely, this has been. Man. This has flown by. This has been unreal. Um, <laughs> and any um, plugs you would like to give? Uh, yeah, I really should have wrote these down, so I'm just going to shotgun them. Um, I can edit this. That's fine. <laughs> no, you'll be fine. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure I'm, I'm, I'm used to plugging at this point. Uh, so you could find me on Twitter at Bryce DeWitt. You can contact me there if you ever want to talk about it or like disagree or agree with anything I say uh, in audio form. You can 100% come and see me there. You can find me podcasting at the House of Mario with my co-host Dragnew, who is at iDruby on Twitter. And we also have the at, at, at the House of Mario uh, handle as well. You can find us on every major platform uh, because we go through RSS feeds like everybody does. So uh, we're through Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whichever app you really want to use, you can find us. Um, and I also Twitch stream at twitch.tv forward slash Reverend Cross very infrequently at the moment, but that's because I'm doing a lot of work. Uh, you can come by there and say hi. Mm. And I think that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, well said. And definitely would recommend um, anyone to listen to the House of Mario. I really love uh, their banter and what they uh, talk about, you know, not just video games, but, you know, they talk about Warney. 
at the start of the other episode <laughs> the other day. And so, yeah. um, for anyone who uh, you know wants a bit of a crash course on Aussie culture as well, it's a, a good place to to go to along with your <laughs> Nintendo gaming fix. But uh, thank you thanks, so much, man. everyone, for tuning in. It means the world to me. Um, I've been JT, your host, and thanks again to Bryce for uh, being my special guest. And um, if you love what we do, please consider leaving a rating and engaging with us in Discord and our socials. Um, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. And uh, for now, goodbye. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>